0: One quick note before we get into our discussion of the hours. This film um, deals with some difficult issues, including uh, suicidality. And so I want to make sure that our listeners are um, taking care of themselves. I want to um, remind everyone that there is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. This line is open Um, 24 hours a day. Every day they can connect you with someone um, to talk with and they have kind of some specific channels within that. So um, go ahead um, if you feel so inclined and call 1-800-273-8255. Now please enjoy the episode. The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network.
1: For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me.
2: Dearest, I feel certain that I'm going mad again Oh, well, Mrs. Dalloway, always giving parties to cover the silence
3: That is what we do, that is what people do They stay alive for each other I am attended by doctors everywhere. I am attended by doctors who inform me of my own interests.
1: What does it mean to regret when you have no choice? Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am Tobin Addington.
0: And I'm Isla Addington.
1: And today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, he's a writer. He's an he's a published author, uh, and he is a oh, and a and a um, and a connoisseur of all things literary. We have with us Mr. Derek Heckman. Hi, Derek. Hello. I'm so glad you could join
3: us for this for this uh, for this show. I am glad as well. Thank you both so much for having me on. This is uh, this is my favorite podcast. I listen to it all the time. Aww. And I am. Oh, thank oh you. yeah. No, I am being very sincere and I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> he says that on all the podcasts he goes on. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, This is legitimately my favorite podcast. All the other ones are lies.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you so much, Derek, for joining us. Um, joining us specifically for this episode in which we will talk about the hours.
1: Ooh. hours Ooh, yeah
0: the hours
3: I'm stoked
1: this is a now we had Derek down for a different movie for a long time on our sort of schedule of of upcoming movies and guests and then I don't remember what it was I oh, I do remember I remember at some point along the way there was a uh Derek you tweeted something you had a tweet out about like the eight millionth time you were watching the hours <laughs> yes. or something and there was <laughs> and I thought oh of course we should do we should do the hours and so um can you, can, can you tell us what your sort of history is with this movie? Like, what, what did this, where did this, where did you come to it? And, and do, you, do you love it as much as Twitter seems to think you do? Uh,
3: yes, no, Twitter does not exaggerate. I love this movie. I watched it for the first time when I was in college at some point. Um, I think I had, I had just taken a class on Virginia Woolf. Um, and I had, I had subsequently read the novel. On which this movie is based, um, and I watched this movie for the first time and really fell in love with it. Um, it's it's definitely a movie I, I just I watch again and again. It is it's weird because it's both like my my feel sad movie, like you know when you you're kind of like sad and you want to just kind of sit with your sadness for a little bit. So you put on like <laughs> you put on <out> like <laughs> color or something. I I like will watch this movie just uh-huh. to like sit with my sadness. But it's it's also a movie that I like. <laughs> like when I watched it for this, this podcast, I was like eating popcorn and like really, really enjoying it. And I, I'm making jokes about it to myself because uh, my girlfriend was in the next room doing other things. Um, um, but so, yeah, I have a, a, a deep affection uh, for this movie. Um, and I'm really excited to be here to talk about it today.
1: Awesome. Isa, what about you? Have you? Had you ever seen The Hours before?
0: It's going to sound bizarre. But I had not ever seen it before. I remember it. I vividly remember it coming out. I remember um, the poster with um, the um, heroines of the three different um, parallel stories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I had watched. I had been exposed to a clip um, of the of some of the Ed Harris bits uh, in a class, but I don't remember. For what? Other than unless it was the Ed Harris uh, appreciation course, which I would have taken (laughs) every semester. it would be right up your alley. Just to be clear. (laughs) Love me some Ed Harris. Um, So, yeah, it was uh, it was new to me um, yesterday when I watched it. What about you, Tobe?
1: Yeah, I had never seen it either. It came out not within the first year I was in grad school. And um, it's possible that I was just too busy. It's also possible that it was kind of a time when um, we were all getting pretty snobby about movies. Anybody who's been to grad school, there's a real snob period uh, for most of us anyway. <laughs> At least I hope other people experience it too. Um, and Grad the, school of any kind, really. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Um, And this but this uh, in the movie was nominated for, I think, eight Oscars, which is another reason we're watching it now. We're doing this podcast now. It's sort of our pre Oscar podcast. Um, And and it won Best Drama at the Golden Globes. And Nicole Kidman was just racking up all these awards for it. So I knew the nose. (laughs) I'd seen the clips, you know, Um, but I referring
0: to Nicole Kidman having a prosthetic
1: nose on
0: her face. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not Nicole Kidman's nose so much. As oh, I'm Nicole sorry. Yes,
1: exactly. The, 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 the nose that she, the fake nose that she's wearing to better portray Virginia Woolf. And um so, yeah, so it's always been a movie that in the back of my sort of rattled around the back of my sort of brain. Like, I should really see this movie. There's a lots of a lot of people in it that I like. I didn't realize how many people I like right. that were in it until the, the, right. the credits rolled. I'm a holy cow. All these people
3: in this movie, they, they just keep coming. Mm-hmm. As just, yeah. It.
1: yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so no, this was my first time, uh, seeing this movie and I'm, I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Excellent. Well, before we dig into the, um, plot in any way, um, Tobin, could you give us two bits of film history for the hours, please?
1: Yes, I certainly can. Uh, there, uh, there's some great because this was an awards movie. Um, there is a great. There's a whole bunch of great sort of interviews and stuff you can find uh, out about this movie. Um, and uh, there's I read a this all comes from an inter, uh, from a, a panel discussion that the cast and the director and the writer did with um, David Denby of the New York Times or New York of the New Yorker for a New Yorker Festival. The first is that the screenwriter David Hare, who's a writer that I I very much admire. He's um, he has a, a Netflix series called Collateral with Carrie Mulligan, where she plays a, a detective, a London detective. It's like a six-episode sort of. There's like a Muslim killing in London, and anyway, it's very sort of political and uh, uh, moody. And anyway, he he wrote the uh, wrote the movie, and he took structural structural inspiration from a, a, a movie called uh, Amoros Peros," which was. Uh, um, Alejandro Iñárritu movie that had come out a year or two before which had a sort of three parallel interlocking stories. It's uh, been a year working on the script uh, before, before they even had a director attached. Uh, the other bit of film history is that Julianne Moore loved the book so much that when she mm. found out that the producer, Scott Rudin, was making it into a movie, she called him directly and lobbied to play the Laura Brown part. And then um, David Hare, the screenwriter, has a, a, a funny anecdote of, he said, so what would you think of the script? She said, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then proceeded to do the do the do the script that he'd written but he could tell in his words sort of she drew more inspiration from the character as she was written in the book than necessarily as she was written in the movie uh, which is which i thought was um, was kind of interesting and he was saying it in an admiring way not in like uh he wasn't you know uh, calling her out on he was just sort of this was, was her process was to she felt something very deeply uh moving about the character in the book um, so I'm also glad we have someone here who's read the book. because I was just going <laughs> to say. <had> <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I w- yeah, I wonder about that. Let's um uh, yeah, let me... find... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say if I could name the ladies real quick. And then I want to hear um, Derek's thoughts on um, particularly Julianne Moore's character book to movie. Absolutely. So ladies in charge, are you all ready?
3: Yes. Give okay. it to us.
0: Actors include. Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, Meryl Streep, Miranda Richardson, Tony Collette, Claire Danes, and Allison Janney. Associate Producer, Marique Spencer. Production Designer, Maria Jerkovich. Costume Designer, Anne Roth.
1: Now, we don't usually do costume designer and production designer here, but I feel like it's so important to this movie. And yes. these, these both, these are both very, very famous women in the communities of production designers and costume designers that I thought we should definitely give them a little shout here.
0: And with that in mind, are there any names you want me to take a second go at? Uh, no, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> um, uh, real quick Tobe. uh, since you know there's at least two of us here who had not previously <laughs> seen the film um, there might be others out there uh, could you give us a quick synopsis please
1: sure and then Derek can correct me because I just I dashed this off today after after watching the movie for the first I time say, so I, I, I
3: read it when, when you sent it to us I was very impressed because this is like a, oh, is a complicated dude. movie to, to summarize I
1: think I basically just didn't summarize any of the plot <laughs> anyway uh, so we'll see how we do here Based on the novel by Michael Cunningham, The Hours tells three interlocking stories of women trapped by expectation, obligation, mental illness, affairs of the heart and life circumstances, all through the prism of Virginia Woolf's novel, Mrs. Dalloway. Nicole Kidman won an Oscar for playing Virginia Woolf, whose work and inner thoughts narrate the film. Julianne Moore plays a repressed, suffocating 1950s housewife looking for a way out. And Meryl Streep plays a New York book editor trying to throw a party for her friend and former lover, a self loathing, aid suffering poet near the end of his life. As all these three stories approach their climactic moments, the characters are for- forced to make decisions about if and how to face their lives and the hours they have left.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that, the, what you did yeah, there in that the last was,
1: sentence. That was good. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe too much, but, uh, I went for the flourish. So, um, Derek, how, how does this in general, how does this movie compare to the
3: book? Uh, it really, really well. Um, it, it pretty much works almost exactly, um, like the book does. There are, so the, the point of the kind of the Meryl Streep plot in in this Mm -hmm. movie, um, is a modern day retelling of mrs dalloway the the book um Mm -hmm. and so in in the book version of the hours there's a lot more going on that kind of follows the book of mrs dalloway very very closely so there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like side plots and side characters that um kind of get uh cut for the movie um Uh like uh the, her daughter Julia, who's played like Claire Danes, has a bit more to do in the book um, than in the movie. Um, but other than that, everything I, th- I think like pretty much holds up exactly. It's um, a, pr- a pretty close adaptation of the book,
1: hmm. which is it feel.
3: Oh, go ahead. No, I, God. What I was just gonna say is like is, is impressive in that like the. The book feels like like it almost shouldn't be able to be made in, into a movie like it's mm-hmm. there's there's not like a lot of action it's it's just you know these these three women go, going about their business for for a day and it's very interior and very you know all all the emotions are or about about very like small seeming things but you know they're 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 large in their interior lives and so it it almost shouldn't yeah. work but it, I think it does
1: yeah, it, it feels like a movie based on the book that should yeah. work. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's and, and in some of the interviews, um, Michael Cunningham talk like he's he's. I one interview he was asked, "So, did you ever envision this as a movie?" And he says, "Oh, yes. My publisher was completely sure this was going to be an Oscar-winning movie," hmm. and then laughs because, of course, it's you know like they expected this to be a little experiment right, right, yeah, right. <laughs> that he was making. You know, like um, not not something that would could ever sort of be cracked, um, and you know, the, the, it feels, I don't, I don't mean this in a pejorative sense. It feels, it feels like a writer's movie. It feels literary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they, but, but doesn't, but it doesn't not feel like a movie. If that makes sense. Eisen, what did you think?
0: Well, it's interesting to hear. I, I haven't read the book. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm very visual. So now that I can really picture everything, I might go back and read the book. Um, but I, so having not read the book, I, I, it's interesting to me that it, it did follow so closely because I could easily see asking um, Derek, how does this compare? And and then you sharing that there are seven other storylines <laughs> so, or, you know, right, right. This is a, a, a slice of the, the book in in some way. So that that, yeah, is interesting. It um, I don't know that it should or shouldn't work, um, but. I think absolutely needed to be handled with care Mm -hmm. and, Mm. um, and with uh, the um, appropriate year and location um, tags on it so that we could follow. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was key. And I, I think um, enough, like uh, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say, I think it, it was done nicely. I don't think it was over, um, I've lost my mind. I don't think that we were kind of over, that our hands mm-hmm. were held too much in it. Mm-hmm. But but definitely they wanted to, um, took great care to make sure I wasn't confused, which I always appreciate. Um, <laughs> and then, we, but with some of the timeline stuff, it does lead me to a question about the end, but I'm going to save it because I don't want to just start <laughs> sure. at the end. That will bother me. Okay. Um, okay. I I it starts yes, it real dark, y'all. <laughs> um, real 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 dark. I was I knew I guess I when I um we were gonna do this next. Well, little backstory for the listeners. When we were, what did we do before this?
1: What movie did we do before yeah. this? A League of Their Own. No, no, no Copycat.
0: No. Copycat. Okay, so we were preparing to do Copycat. And our dear mother, who is more sensitive than I am about movies, mm-hmm. which hard to imagine, I know, <laughs> but said, should I watch Happy Cat? And I said, no, you shouldn't. Um, and, and they're absolutely, there are parts she would like, but on the whole, no, sure, yeah, probably not. yeah, yeah. He said, what are you doing after? And I said, the hours. And she said, oh, should I watch that one? And I said, yes, for sure. And she said, what's it about? And I said, I don't know. But I think it's long and sad And there are really good people
3: That's a really good description of this movie (laughs) (laughs) Yeah That's
0: that's, that's not wrong So I I was prepared for that (laughs) But I guess I was um, I think it's a shocking way to start um, To start with The Virginia Mm -hmm. Woolf's Suicide Um, So that was my question Then is how did that uh, For both of you because for Tobin it's new For Derek it's (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, he's used to it because he watched it so many times <laughs> how, how did that feel as an opening vignette?
3: well I would I'll, I'll just say like um so I was listening to the uh, copycat podcast um, earlier this week and uh, I was I was uh, surprised to hear you both of you say at the end of that that you had had never seen um, this movie um and that got me really excited for this podcast because you know like I said, I had read the book in college and then watched the movie. So I've kind of, I've never not known where this movie was going and like uh-huh. what mm-hmm. was going to, what was going to happen sure. in it and where everything was going to end up. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe this can be something we, we talk about later as we, as we get into the endings. Um but there, there are like some some twists in this movie and some like expectations that are um, <laughs> messed around with. Yeah. Um, and I, I would be interested to know, like from you guys, like how how, how those worked for you or how, how you felt about those, um, in, including this opening, I think, is is one of those things we could talk about. Um, just because I've 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 always I've always known about them. They've never been a surprise for me.
0: So. Now, when you when you heard that we hadn't seen it, um, you were surprised. Were you also a little disappointed? And that's okay. I just want to get it out there.
3: <laughs> no, I was. I was not disappointed at okay. all. I was just. I I feel like I had talked about
0: this movie with Tobin before.
1: Yeah, I think we've. I think we have had conversations around this movie. Yeah, yeah and
3: he was apparently just very good at like smiling and nodding while I was talking about the hour. <laughs> um, so that was that was my only like bit bit of surprise. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I – so I th- th- am I wrong and this is – isn't this her actual letter that she left Leonard when she went to the r- river to commit suicide?
3: It's parts of it, yeah.
1: Pieces of it, yeah. Um, I have had a number of students use this imagery and this letter in short scripts in class. So it was hmm. interesting because watching it, it felt – um, f- familiar in some ways because so my I've never read Virginia Woolf which is one of my questions that I also have for Derek which is and, and this I say this as a, a college English major <laughs> um, I, I've never I've just never so I don't know where to begin I'm not sure where where to start? So I I will let's put a pin in that. I do want to know where I should start my Virginia Woolf education. Sure. But in an interesting way, this opening didn't. It felt like I had seen it before because I I had I can say three or four undergraduate film students write scripts where this letter is happening and we're seeing. The uh, v- you know Virginia go to the river and find the rocks. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was um, you know not unexpected. It is a very strong way to start the movie. I mean, it, you, you talk about starting with a you know if an action movie starts with some big action set piece, this movie is going to start with one of the sort of climactic moments of the movie right off the bat. And I guess because the film assumes that you have some familiarity with Virginia Wolf or that if you do, you will know that her suicide, you know, was a Mm -hmm. thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. that, that they're not going to play coy with that. They're just going to start with that. And then everybody watching the movie, whether they know Virginia Wolf's history or not, will be on some sort of same page, right? It sets sets the the tone for the movie in a way that I think is maybe important for what, for what comes later on. That's, that's what I, what I took from it anyway.
3: I think, um, Mm -hmm. The, the part of what it's doing starting with that is the, like the, the part of the wolf plot is her struggle um, with her experience with, with mental illness at this particular time in, in her life. Um, because we, we see that she has, she and, and Leonard have moved kind of out to the suburbs um, to try and help her like rest and recuperate. And she hates living in the suburbs. She hates being told, yeah, right. you know, by these doctors, what's good for her. And she wants more than anything to, you know, to move back to London and to like, you know, to, to embrace her life, even with all of its, you know, ups and downs that are coming um, from her depression and, you know, everything that she's dealing with. And I don't know, I think it, it is kind of, kind of a complicating thing you know, to know that we're watching her struggle to choose that, and even you know, from the beginning of the movie, we know how that—that's you know—that struggle ends for her, right? Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, i just think it—it it, it gives us a little something more to think about in in all of that.
0: I didn't realize until much later in it that the her surroundings would be even the words suburb would be used. Oh, sure.
3: Right. Mm.
0: You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. so we have the opening, um, little piece or maybe a couple of pieces before then we get, I think the one, the first image of the, um, Laura Brown, uh, storyline is the neighborhood. Mm.
2: Right. Right. And and then tag 1951
0: and like, yes, knowing it was later. Um, and I also understood going in, (laughs) there would be multiple storylines going on. I was ready to juggle, um, (laughs) But I said out loud, like, "Oh yes, look, they're literally building the suburbs." So much later, when when she says something suburban, I was just like, "Oh, oh, right. I didn't realize we were using that term <laughs> sure. at that time." Number yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, in my mind, it was they've moved mm. out to the country, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so that uh, having this having been the first time I watched it, it was kind of a real. Uh-huh, Aha! I kind of like. I see what hey, you hey, did hey, there. Because hey, um, <laughs> I wouldn't have said they are. I wouldn't have listed that as one of their parallels. And I also don't know that Laura Brown sees sure. it that way either. But uh-huh, to uh-huh. take the perspective of watching it in 2019 and, and going back, um, it I, that was that was just interesting to me. Um, and I also love that scene again. Why do I keep trying to go to the end of the movie? Um, that scene. It's okay, we can go. Okay, multiple that scene places. when this, this and when she and Leonard. Time,
3: so we. Can- That's yeah, true, yeah. It's About point. Exactly. So toward exactly. the
0: end, when when um. Virginia and Leonard are at on the, at the train platform, um, going to London, and he has said on multiple occasions throughout it, and for the different reasons that we can't go back, and then um, she's just, I I, I appreciate her um. You know, kind of reclaiming her life mm-hmm. and saying, "But it, it's my life." And yet, also, I had so much empathy for Leonard, right. who then says okay, and then just breaks down, yeah. and then pulls it back together, and is back into um, kind of subtle caretaking of "Are you hungry?" Well, because I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought was just beautiful and just so sad yeah. <laughs> for both of them. You know, I felt I felt bad for both of them as they as they try to um, problem solve together. Uh, but I just that was just a, a gorgeous moment. And, and the opening moment. So you see, I'm going to bring it back. Um, <laughs> though we are watching a suicide, um, it was gorgeous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a sucker for sun on water. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, Tobin. At the lake, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, the lake. Yep. Yep. So the, um, it was just, it, 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 I was uh, had trouble watching it because it was so gorgeous. But then understanding what was going on at the same time. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be I don't know, you know, you don't want to be there, but it's lovely you want to be there. So um, anyway, that's those are those are several of my thoughts.
1: Yeah, this is the f- cinematographer who he's uh, makes all kinds of gorgeous movies. He made Atonement, another literary adaptation, which is a beautifully shot movie. He he's done a he did the Avengers, <laughs> he did a, an Anna Karenina from a, a, a couple of years ago. Um, just really really beautiful uh, movies. And you're totally right. Like it, this movie looks as like it looks more expensive than it was because mm. it wasn't a very expensive movie, and um, and all of that is on is on the screen for sure. Um, the that train stage train, train station scene between Virginia and Leonard is one of the highlights of this movie for oh, me. Absolutely. That is, and it's a, it's a long scene. I mean, this is. Um, and it's something that David Hare talked about. Like he, he a lot of people he gave the script to w- would say, "Well, this is a this is a great script, but those scenes are, are probably not going to be shot that way." And then, of course, they were because they were so well, well written. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he has a history of writing for the stage as well, and it shows in those scenes. I mean, the amount of things that they're, Isla, you said it so well that they're they're both given, like we have um, under. I, I have empathy for both of them mm-hmm. in that, even though they're both arguing very passionately. You know uh, their own sides, and that knowing how, where it's going to end for Virginia, mm-hmm. and the fact that it feels like Leonard can see that. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that I found that seemed very very powerful. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's great. Um, while we're kind of going this way on it, let's can we talk about another? Um. So the the women are the central characters here, and but there's yes. always there's always a man. <laughs> um, there is. A <laughs> You know, men in the storyline and, and supporting or not supporting or, or however else. But, um, uh, well, can we talk about um, John C. Yes, Reilly for just please. a second? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's odd to me, but like he, he kind of, well, he's an actor, oh. right? So he's should be good at this. But I think more than most, I find him authentic in whatever t- era he's playing.
2: Oh I, uh, Like I he so melts much.
0: into nineteen fifty one for me. <laughs> I haven't seen the newest Sherlock Holmes um uh, movie with <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> nobody did. With him and Will Ferrell. Um but you know, I just the way he just I so believe him in that era and and just in the way well, and maybe tell me if I'm putting too much to it, but just in the way that that Laura is um responding and reacting as much in the way that she feels she's supposed Mm -hmm. to Uh kind of as it is her actual reaction. I feel the same from him, the way that he's talking the way he talks to her, the way he talks to the kid feels put on to me in a, yeah, yeah. I, this Mm -hmm. is, this is my family and this is what that means. And I am the dad and dads do this. And so I'm saying this and I'm going to work. And it just made me want to sit in the car with him on the way to work to see what, he was really like, I want to see the backstage of what he's doing in the same way you get to see the backstage of Laura. Absolutely. Um. So I I liked him and I also liked. OK. And this is from the from the book, likely. So tell me, Derek, if I'm yeah. how this relates. But I, I like that he's not terrible.
3: <laughs> Can you say that again? Right? That,
0: oh. I like that he's not a terrible yes. guy. Yes. I like that. He is a, a, a man of, of his era and has followed the steps that he felt were the steps to take to get where he is um, and that that's fine and that that's good. And, and so her um, – and same, I would say, likely same with Leonard. I, I also don't know much about Virginia Woolf. Um, but how, how has this happened, Tobin? You're an English major. I'm a career <laughs> feminist, and neither I of
3: know. us. Read I, know. I know much
0: about Woolf, but <laughs> 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 but um, Leonard kind of in in a similar way of the um, the issues that their partners are facing are not directly because of them, mm-hmm. um, which I think is harder to do on on screen. The conflict has to be somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. and so I liked that, that immediately made it more of an interesting story to me than if he was terrible. I also don't like watching him no, be terrible. To people. So, but is that also true in, in the book that he's kind of by all accounts, a, a good guy?
3: Yeah, that, um, definitely comes, um, from the book. And an, another thing that sort of comes from the book in the character of Laura Brown. Um, and I, I think she has a she has like a line of reference to this in the movie when she's talking with um, Kitty, uh, which where mm-hmm. she basically says like oh these these guys came, you know came home from the war, and mm-hmm. so they they deserved all of this they they deserved us, and right. that gets they ex- like, talked about a little bit more at length in the book where mm-hmm. she's kind of sitting and thinking about how she she feels like she needs to be this this wife and the you know this perfect wife and provide this perfect Mm -hmm. home because he has been through so much Mm -hmm. and she she thinks about how like she can hear him like you know talking in his sleep at night or you know jolting up from a nightmare or things like that um so that you know you know kind of adds, adds an another layer to things um for her and, you know, for their relationship and what she's trying to do with it. And I agree with you, Island, that I, there, you could you could see a version of this movie where, uh, Dan is just a, is a monster. Right. And it's just terrible to her. And that, that is what, you know, facilitates her walking out. Um, not, I, I, I guess that happens at the end, but we, we can, we can talk about
2: it. <laughs> it's okay. Um,
3: and, and, <laughs> I I just love how complicated that makes that choice Mm -hmm. for her. where like, even to the point where at the end, like Clarissa is, is judging her when they Mm -hmm. meet at the end and thinking like, how could you do this? How could you leave your, your family? And, you know, it's not that he was, he was a bad guy. It's not that he was an awful guy. She just, she just didn't want to live that life and couldn't right. and had to leave. Right. And I just I, I I think that's a really like strong, powerful choice for this movie to make.
1: That whole sec that whole storyline, the Laura Brown storyline, was for a big chunk of the movie my least favorite. I had a real hard time connecting with Ooh. that that storyline. And I, I I like your I I'm I think if I had had eyes on your interpretation in, in retrospect, that would have been really useful to think about the role he's playing as well. Mm. And I, th- I think that would be, um, I felt, I, I I that would be a uh, that's well how I'll watch it next time and I think even just thinking back on it that makes that make more sense as her storyline went on particularly in fact I know when it was because I, I had just written in my notes right before the the scene with Kitty where Tony Collette walks in in mm-hmm. fact even partway through that scene I was saying I'm not sure this this there's enough to do here. I'm not sure there's enough to play here in this, in this character compared to everything that was going on in the others. It felt unbalanced. And then she has this, that the uh, Kitty takes this turn where, where uh, Kitty reveals that she's, they've, they've found a a mass in her uterus and she's going in to have it removed. And then they have this kiss Mm -hmm. uh, together and, the whole thing lit up. I'm like, oh, okay. This <laughs> is there's so much more going on here. Um, and um, David Harris, in one of the interviews I read, talked about how it was the Laura Brown stuff was the hardest to crack because she was the least articulate of the three women. And and hmm. he was quick to say he didn't mean that she was inarticulate, just that she didn't she wasn't given opportunity to speak or maybe even to fully understand what she was feeling in the moment mm-hmm. where the other other women one being a writer the other being uh, uh, at the time a contemporary you know a woman of 2002 um who who felt you know more um empowered to sort of process her feelings and speak them aloud and that's not a thing that was uh um, a that the Laura felt she was allowed, and so it was harder to sort of get into that, to, to sort of find that character. And but from so from that scene on, every scene with Laura for me got better and better and better, or not better, but I mean I began to sort of connect with it more and more as it went along, all the way through. To, like she just ramped up for me as as it went from there. But I, I'm sensing from your voice that, that was a different experience that, that, from what you had as well.
0: Like. That's so different. Um, I <laughs> I agree that um she is the um most rest- well yes okay in in the scenes that were given um yeah. she's the most restricted well right, arguably right. virginia wolf was in a time that was restrictive in a different way in her little little but you know in her life in her little sphere she has uh, freedom to speak uh, her mind right. mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and there's and 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 because she has um struggled in the way that she has it's kind of out, all out on the table Right? right, that Leonard asks right. her about that or references her, her health and things where um, where Laura Brown is not. And so knowing kind of the little bits I knew about with the story, but I knew there was so much more. And so I was mm-hmm. riveted from the beginning of just like wanting to see, like, show me, show me what this is. Got to see what's going on there. Um, I was – so I felt – I don't know, not connect is not the right word, but um, the most intrigued by her. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. also mm-hmm. the most, she made me the most nervous. Oh,
1: that's, yeah, oh, for sure. Because I knew I, what, yeah. you okay. know, we yeah. know what
0: Virginia Woolf's going to do. I, um, we, you know, it's not, it's not too difficult to deduce uh, what may happen with, you know, it's laid out pretty early right. on uh, with, right. with, with that Richard is, um <sighs> feels is- done um, yeah, with, right. with what he's dealing with and is likely to, you know, he's, um, skipped out on parties before not to make light, but like, that's, she, right, she, right. Sure. she didn't know what she was going to find at three 30. That's why she went early. So, right. so mm-hmm. that's kind of set up for me. Um, but with Laura, I just, I, I felt so hard from the beginning. I, I, I just so knew that there was so much she wasn't able to say. Um, and I just ached for her from the beginning. And it's, it's only in her scene that then I got, I got teary was, was Mm -hmm. with her and then it kind of lasted till the very end. But, um, but her, uh, in the hotel room when she's having a dream and, and then the water, which I interpret as coming back from the opening, right. When that wakes her up, Mm -hmm. um, Gosh, I she, just
1: she's literally Ooh. been reading Mrs. Dalloway in right. the in the room, right? right. So it's a, that's
3: kind of direct connection.
1: Was that water imagery? Derek is that from the book?
3: Um, not that I remember, no. Um, but I, th- I think it's a it's a definite callback to uh, Wolf's suicide, right? Yeah, right. Like the, just the, yeah, her imagining she's she's dying in in the same way.
1: I had the feeling of heart in my throat in the. Um, uh, Julianne Moore scenes that there's two scenes where she's in the car with her oh, son, God, yeah. one where she's we know she has the all the pills in her bag in the back. And mm-hmm. and then she leaves the kid. Mm. And to, well, first of all, we don't know. Like, I don't know. Is she going to like, is she going to kill this kid? Is this right. is are they going to go do this right. together? And I thought, oh, God. And but then the, and then after she decides not, after the, that water imagery and she decides not to commit suicide, she's riding. She goes to pick, pick the kid up and rides home with him. And they have this kind of intense you know, conversation in the car and I was sure the car was going to get hit Me too. to the, point, to
0: the that. point that
1: I was, I was half covering the screen with my hands and thought about fast forwarding through the movie to just to, because it was so, sure. yeah, it was, it was really my, I was, I was, so by those points in the movie in her, I was exactly where, where you're describing us. And that sounds like exactly how I was sort of viewing this experience. So those are things I think Derek, that we, those are I'm not knowing what happens, not knowing how this story connects or what's going to happen to these characters was was, to my mind, really effective in, in this movie for somebody who didn't know.
3: Oh, that's so, that's so cool to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. How did you how did you feel about finding out who her son ended up being? Isa, did you guess that at all? I had I had I, <laughs> I had no idea. I, 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 well, you thought you thought they were going to get it. Yeah, car, I did. So. Right. <laughs>
0: No, I didn't guess it. I mean, uh, I think the reveal to me is when Ed Harris is kind of imagined it, right? So his his memory of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, I absolutely felt just just a little bit more of the kid. The um, part that also got me, you know, I I think about, because I have have spent time, um, Tobin, with your children when they are young. Um, And the, the kind of conversations you have when you're talking through something and and I think sometimes we say things as adults that then when kids say it back, funny. So like we have to make dad a cake so he knows that we love him, and then the kid responds, right. he wouldn't know otherwise. And like <laughs> I've right. had those moments where I'm like, oh, that is not what I meant, but I see, I see um, how you interpreted it. So then there's something about that the kids' kind of wisdom, and I think the era of it of like he was always in the room. Mm-hmm. We didn't, Mm -hmm. we didn't, he wasn't speaking, but he was witnessing kind of everything. And if this is something she struggled with, he's seen her go into her bedroom and just lie there for hours. You know, I I just kind of imagine their life together. And so for him, what a scary, scary day that appears to other people like... Well, he's just tired and in his mom left again and he's annoyed or whatever. But like, no, he he gets it. There's something going on. Yeah. Deeply um, wrong. Yeah. Whew. And so I, I, I totally yeah. got then when, when Richard is looking out the window, imagining that I feel like that is absolutely a formative memory that way. Um, so I got it then I imagine you're sort of supposed to, right. but it could be that you just think they're melting mm-hmm. into each other until you see old Julianne Moore.
1: Um, There's that one moment where he's, where, um, I and mean, I think it maybe the same moment you're talking about, where Richard is looking at his mom's wedding photo
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, with the pills. And that's, that's and what it was. It's, it's pills in the photo. And you're like, are these yeah. her pills right. then? Yeah. Is this. You know, it's very. You're like, oh, yeah, no. it's very candy. Yeah. The way they sort of figure that, like the way they do that, um, and then resolve the attention mm-hmm. of who it is once it sort of pulls out, and we see that it's Ed Harris. I did not see her coming back though. Like I didn't.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about you know? that, or is it? Are we not there yeah. yet? No, sure. Great.
1: Let's. Let, we could just sort of do her storyline, and then do the other Perfect. story. That's lines. how like,
0: Wikipedia does it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> sure, that, that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. It could be a hot take. I didn't like it.
1: Ooh, hot take <laughs> oh, here. All right. Time. Well, d- <laughs> what, how, how did it strike you then?
0: Um, first of all, love Julianne Moore. Um, find her just a, a, a gorgeous being in all the ways whenever she's in something. I'm a big fan. Um, captivating. Uh, I, di- I didn't like it. Um, I didn't, I don't know. I guess I didn't need it. I, maybe for the for the film I don't know how much more there is in the book um i don't I don't know I just didn't i I didn't like it I felt like I didn't need it I would have much rather wondered how she coped and what she what choices she made rather than hearing them hmm. what about you all you convinced me otherwise.
1: No, no, no. It's a, you're. That's I. That's yeah, totally fair. <laughs> I. I the, my first note about that was that sometimes when they have, especially in a movie, like a m- movie that's going to do Oscar, like it's aiming for Oscars, and you don't make a movie in two thousand two with Meryl Streep that's not aiming for Oscars, <laughs> with a like a fancy literary adaptation, right? right? Like this is this is a clearly an Oscar play movie. The, 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 often they will overdo the makeup. Mm. And I thought that her old age makeup was; yeah. I mean, she didn't look like a woman who would actually have been a, like you know. They didn't look necessarily perfectly age appropriate, but it was just enough. And she just gave the like the wrinkles in the right place. It was a beautiful illusion, I thought, to, to to that age. And I found their scene. They have a the Meryl Streep's character, um, uh, um, and Julianne Moore character. Julian Moore's character have a. A scene where that all this stuff is getting hashed out at the very end, and it's pl- the big chunk of the scene is just played in close-ups, just these really tight close-ups of the of the two of them. And I was, I was sort of figuring it out just ahead, like I think when the movie wanted me to. But as she's talking, as Julian Mars is talking about her choices, the choices that she made, I was captivated by that moment. Mm-hmm. And and part of it's watching these two great actors mm-hmm. sort of meet face to face and like and not in a way where there's there's like they can't hide anything it's all right there playing on their faces and um i i i, I don't know that the movie would have suffered terribly if, if that didn't happen there would have been other ways to sort of allude to that stuff but as a sort of just a fan of watching actors at that point i'm just like i'm just i mean my popcorn like Derek is doing <laughs> and just watching these actors play
3: i'm a, i'm a fan of her coming in at the end i i think it, it's in, it's important because the movie has kind of left it ambiguous as to whether or not she did wind up killing herself mm-hmm. um, at the end. Cause there's like allusion, like in Richard's book, the mother character commits suicide. Um, there's, there's some other like mentions that it's not quite as clear if she wound up like, right, right. Going, going back to the hotel later or something. Um, so I like her, com- her coming back in and saying like, oh no, she's she's been alive this whole time. She just made a choice that was, you know, the, the right choice for her, but had these lasting repercussions for her, her family. Um, and yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you, Tobin. I like seeing these, these two incredibly talented actors um, re- wrestle over this like really like complicated issue and just to hear, you know, Julia more give her, mm. you know, her explanations. Um, yeah. Which I, which I think are really strong and really like, it's just like really potent to hear.
0: I can absolutely agree that it's, uh, there is, what's the right word? It's not joy, but a, a satisfaction in watching these two great, great actors play in that, such an intimate scene like that. Um, so I agree with both of you there. Um, and And the part that did I was like, okay, you got me on that. um I liked watching Meryl Streep listen uh-huh. and then I could yeah. cha- she changed <laughs> she thought she knew when this woman yeah, walked in right right because she's heard right. the story yeah. from Richard's perspective, probably over and over again, and then right. in his book, and watching her learn and understand a different side of that story um. I did, I did appreciate seeing that happen. I thought that she was masterful in that. Um, And that, and, and, and and like you say, Derek, making the choice that she needed to make for her, that for her, it it was life and death. But that's not something that she could have said at the time. And probably to very many people ever. I mean, I, I wonder as she's recounting it, I don't know that this is something she would have shared kind of with anyone Anybody. at any yeah. point.
2: With it, right. um, yeah.
0: So yeah, I I I I I absolutely appreciate the craft of it. Um it's still probably my least favorite part. Um and then the and the other little piece of it that I that brought me back to tears a little bit um was then when Claire Danes who yes, who had yes. said oh the monster yes. is here. Yes. Then just that You're kind right. of simple kindness. I mean just always oh. When possible, always just choose kindness. Like all, you know. Yes, yes, That that moment, because if if you think about, um, yeah, you know, yes, Julianne Morris or Laura Brown made this choice because she was so you know trapped, kind of in every aspect of her being, but then missed out on a, a life's worth of hugs.
1: Of oh, hugs, yeah, 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 yeah. So that I'm
0: not yeah. saying it didn't get me. It's just wasn't Ooh, yeah. my favorite.
3: That's a, that's a way to put that too—a life's yeah. worth of yeah. hugs. Oh. And
0: the—I the, guess—the yeah. other part that I did find powerful um, was when she was saying the—I don't—I don't remember the exact words, but that everyone else was gone. That she, you know, she ran away and then ended up outliving them all. And and her conflict with that, yeah, right, was right. was yeah. powerful. So a performance is great, just not my favorite aspect of the how it all wove together.
3: Can I, uh, can I give you guys a fun fact? Please, about Yes. Laura yeah. Brapa. We, we so, love fun facts. Oh, yeah. Um, so apparently when he was writing the novel, Michael Cunningham didn't know that Laura was Richard's mother until very, very late in the book. Um, Whoa. Yeah. He hmm. had been writing it in these kind of like three very like separate uh, triptychs just all revolving around mm-hmm. Mrs. Dalloway and then sort of like as he was like coming to the end he was like oh wait a minute <laughs> and i feel like that's why that moment and that reveal ha- is like so charged and so powerful hmm. it's just cuz it was a, it was a surprise for him as well to like figure that out and i think he was able to like capture that in the book and then i think it comes through in the movie too
0: that i'm going to need to think about that longer We don't have to take the time right now. Just know later I'm thinking about that (laughs) more of that he didn't know until he was mostly done with the book.
1: Well, you know, there's a thing. um, It's happened to me before. and Not that I'm at all putting myself on par with Michael Cunningham. But it's happened to me before (laughs) writing things where characters are related in ways that I don't understand until I get to a point where it sort of dawns on me. In my in Mm -hmm. my experience, it always feels like they've always been related that way. It's just me finally catching up with the (laughs) character, like totally. You know, somewhere along the way, this this is this this stuff's already set down. Just a matter of me sort of excavating it. Interesting.
0: (laughs) I'm I, I believe you. I'm just don't um I I can relate it to, um like research and and not seeing. The patterns yeah, until right, I'm writing right. something else, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh wait, all this was going on. It, exactly. Right. Gotcha. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, so, which of the other two stories should we tackle next? Should we do uh, the Meryl Streep? Yeah, let's do Meryl Streep, yeah, do
0: Meryl and then end with kind of the source piece.
3: Okay. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: I mean, she's always fun to watch, and Allison <laughs> Janney. So I feel like the Allison Janney. It's Alice and Janney. <laughs> yeah. yes.
2: The, the, guests, yeah.
0: the <laughs> yeah. guests in this storyline, I think, are are great because you've got um obviously ed harris is the other kind of player but then you've got allison janney you have got claire danes and you've got a sharp looking jeff daniels
1: <laughs> yes. Indeed you do. yes yes you look, he's looking real I'm good i'm used to a more
0: rugged <laughs> daniels so this was this was a surprise to me um
1: yeah they have a they have a fun a fun scene together. Uh I mean fun. It's you know, very hard. But like a classic Merrill, you know, yes. break into tears scene. Yes. Um uh, and she goes through like four, 45 emotions in one shot, kind of, All kind while of cooking. That only,
0: I feel like yeah. that's very on brand.
1: All
3: while that only she can do it's just yeah, it's it's really it's really there's fun. this there's this awesome little move that she does where she's like ranting and like having her breakdown where I where she kind of like leans to the side a little bit and like has her hands like really like think, i think about that moment like all the time because it just feel it just feels very very meryl and, and very uh very very good I,
0: this is this oh go ahead i was gonna say to compare to kind of what the laura brown character felt like she had to do um i get this taking care of her um companion i don't know what other words, you know, at one point partner, but, um, but friend and, and, companion over the years that, that she is the closest woman in his life. And thus she yeah. is the one who goes every day. Right. I, right. And that, right. that's true. Mm-hmm. I feel like true. in you know, 2000 as it is today, that there is the care work is so often, um, the female right. and, and the expectation of it versus, mm-hmm. you know, that sounds like. From what I gather, Jeff Daniels was a partner much more recently to him. Right, right. But, and mm-hmm. also an ex. Like if you compare, okay, so with their exes, their exes, like it, kind of ticking down the line. One of the things that makes the difference is that she's a woman, so that's part of her role or she takes it on her however you want to um, construct it. There's an expectation there and then that. There's a fulfillment of it, which is different than we see with Virginia and Leonard. But there's also kind of a mm-hmm. household of people there as well. But so I very much felt that, like, oh, yep, of course she's the one when everyone else is driven away. Um, of course she's the one that still comes back. Of course she's hosting the party. That's, um, you know, that that in whatever combination of, um, you know, um, societal expectation versus personal. Like that, I don't know. It was just there yeah. and that was very familiar.
1: And mm-hmm. he takes, or she, like, we don't really know this at the beginning, but it's sort of, once you're looking back on their scenes together, you get the sense that she has been sort of paid the price. She's, she's, she's borne the brunt of all of the his issues with his mother Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the years, you know, like, and because (laughs) she is taking, like he's in a, in a way that I think is not uncommon to just separately from that, from, from people who are, terminally ill or chronically ill or, you know, they, they, they need care, but they don't – but they re- resent the care because the care helps remind them of the fact that they're mm-hmm. ailing, and, you know, that this is all – it's all sort of tied up in this kind of messy emotional thing. And then in addition to the fact that they were romantic once and, and still love each other to, to some degree um, and it's it is fun to see – as fun as a hard word in these scenes, I realize, but like to see them play, it's, it's, it's satisfying to see actors again, play such kind of thick material, mm-hmm. you know, where there's, there is so much going on and how mm-hmm. they kind of sort through all that. Those, it makes those scenes kind of hard to watch, but, but sort of cathartic
3: as well. One thing I have always appreciated about the Clarissa storyline in this movie is that, um, Again, as with, like, uh, the Laura Brown story, I could see, like, a, a lesser movie making Dan, like, a real asshole. Mm. I could see a lesser version of this movie really, like, wanting to explain Clarissa and her, especially her, mm-hmm. her, like, sexuality and her her relationship with Richard. Because, like, when we meet her, she has been, you know, living with Sally for 10 years um, but we, we learn, obviously, she has had this past, you know, sexual relationship with Richard. And you know somewhere in there, she, I, I assume on her own, right. decided to have a kid mm-hmm. and raised Julia. And all, all of that is just kind of like put out there and just said, like, this is what happened. And there's no trying to explain like, oh, well, at the time I thought I was this way, but then I... Realized I was this way, or this was a phase, or anything. It's just, it's it's just very accepting of the like the, the course the, of her life, spec- yeah. yeah. The quality fluidity, yeah, sexuality, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, I just always really appreciated that.
0: No, I agree. I was, um, I that was a, I was pleasantly surprised not to have, um, I would have, I don't know, I expected maybe the wrong word, but expected maybe the Richard character to makes you know, a comment here or there. Or like you say, that Jeff Daniels is also not a giant asshole. And, and, and that there are those moments, you know, they're here for this thing. This is his award and like lifetime achievement kind of thing. We know he's very ill and that's hard to watch and all that. But I, there's um, that moment in their conversation where Jeff Daniels kind of turns and starts to tell her about his relationship. And, Mm -hmm. and, and there's that just kind of, that fun and that joy of sharing with a friend kind of your, your little secret right. or your little cute thing or, and, and you see that. And then I think they kind of both remember what they're there for. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, am I allowed mm-hmm. to, is this the time for this or not? But when else am I going right, to see right. you? And um, mm-hmm. so they also, yeah, this is just riddled with, with amazing performances. But I, um, I also noted in my notes, I'm so glad they didn't over, um, explain the fluidity of, of all their sexualities in this. In fact, I don't even mm-hmm. think it, Jeff Daniels says he says he, his relationship is with a student, but I don't know that we get a pronoun or anything. So right, right. It's oh, all true, yeah. They're all just people living and um, mm-hmm. and what a great example of how you don't need to do that to have compelling right, right. characters and <laughs> complex relationships. And,
1: and, and specificity. It's yeah. not that it's not specific. It's just that that's not the part we need to be specific about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other cool thing about this Meryl is that this is like so. The, uh, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, "This is like the quintessential New York Meryl," <laughs> like I, which which I think of from the early 2000s from movies like Adaptation, in particular. And of course, it's the same year. This is the same year that Adaptation comes out. Oh. Um, mm. And so she is co- the co-star of both the Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress winners at this at the Oscars for these these two movies. Um, which oh. is uh which is kind of cool Yeah, and I mean, she is know.
0: fully like as we've noted supporting yeah you <laughs> know. yeah
1: totally right that's, that's a good that's a it's a great point <laughs> um yeah and I, anyway she's she's as you say she's always fun to watch and um she just this is you know it's in a movie where you're gonna split the focus between three stories there better be there better be good material in each of them if you're gonna you know, use these great actors in in each of these stories, and I think they all do have, um, you know, have have a lot to play.
0: Agreed. Um, what sure. about the Harris of it all? Just I don't know well, if you're, other people. You're know. The Ad- I'm a huge you're, huge
1: fan. So you better. Why don't you take the lead on that Harris here?
0: I mean, if y'all, uh, as 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 our listeners know, I have a complex relationship with James Cameron.
2: Don't, don't uh, do they know all? that? Oh
0: yes, yes, they yes. really do know. But that. I thank yeah. James yeah. Cameron for the Abyss director's cut, yay! Um, and the Ed Harris um, casting of Ed Harris in that because that that's really when the world came fully well, into it's color for, for me, you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, as well as uh, Houston in Apollo 13, but this is not the Ed Harris Appreciation Podcast
2: <laughs> yet. Um, it's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I, I don't know. I think um, there are ways to, uh there are cliches in a part like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, sure. Sure. And I, I think the character of Richard was in it enough that we could um, have empathy and sympathy and also be frustrated um, with him, but not so much that it became... Um, you know a term I can't think of right this second I think it was the appropriate amount um, for that character and and I would say well played by, by Ed Harris again we don't have a lot of backstory um, in terms of the, all their relationships I mean at one point Meryl said something about them being fortunate or lucky or something and I didn't know if she was speaking about Um, AIDS or Mm -hmm. other things or probably a combination of things. Uh, But I um, like many of the relationships and the identities in this. I appreciated the care and subtlety with which Ed Harris played it.
1: It's really fun to see vulnerable Ed Harris. Um, it feels yeah. like, especially recently, maybe I'm just thinking because I, I see him so much on um, uh, Westworld. Like, there's that the the the, the gritty, tough, grizzled, hard bitten, which you get some of in this, but but he he to sort of pl- play a character who you can see being that way, and then now he's in this very vulnerable moment. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he just does does really what really well.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say my point of reference for Ed Harris before I watched this movie for the first time was he was in an HBO movie about Sarah Palin called game change in which he played John McCain. (laughs) (laughs) So very different Ed Harris is between (laughs) that movie and this movie. Um, And yeah, I agree to it. It's, it was, it's great to see just like that level of vulnerability from like any, any like, male character, mm-hmm. I think. But especially, like, an actor who is, like, renowned for being kind of gritty and kind of tough.
0: Yeah, I think I I, I agree. Um, and then the, the I think the vulnerability is exemplified beautifully in that moment that reveals his connection to Laura Brown because I had kind of felt for that little boy and I had felt for Richard, but then... Right. Pulling it together and just the, um, the you know, kind of the generational pain that mm-hmm. that they both feel because outside because we don't know outside of um, his disease if he also struggled with any of the things that Laura Brown did. In right, my mind, right. I kind of thought he did. Just, but that's just me. You know, thinking about things as I try to fall asleep. Um,
1: <laughs> that not watching this movie, falling asleep. No, gosh, presumably. no, much later. Yeah.
0: Um, but that—that <laughs> <laughs> that, um, I don't know. It's it's too. It's it's more than what's on the screen. But thinking, wow, if she had made a different choice, or if something else had happened, what could their conversation have been like mm-hmm. around yeah. mental health topics, or around coping, or around anything um but so so i um i appreciated his um levels of performance even while being you know curmudgeon guy yeah. <laughs> um I, I so i expected i fully expected him to die in this film i did not expect it in the way it occurred mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what so again we have Derek who's seen it many times and is was not at all surprised and we have tobin how did how did the um unfolding of his of his suicide strike you
1: for me it was uh it was oh god i mean how do you say this is well handled mm-hmm. i mean I, I there was a lot of suspense that you could feel that it mm-hmm. was coming meryl could f- tell that it was coming and you could see what he needed from her in the in his last moments as he sort of sits on this windowsill and pulls up the window she, she in their initial scene she came in and opened the curtains to let in light yeah. and she comes in and he's like tearing stuff off the like tearing his apartment apart, trying to quote unquote, get more light in the, in the apartment. And then, and then, you know, so here is at this window um, and he's, and he's, you know, the thing that he, like he wants her to play one more sort of role with him. Like he, you know, not to sort of run and try and grab him, not to call anybody, but, and she, what could she do? You right. know, that, that would sort of hasten the thing. So she's sort of, you can see her kind of trapped in that moment and spinning out the moment as long as she can. Cause she could, I think she kind of knows it's his last, even though mm-hmm. she still seems surprised when he does it. And um, oh, I mean, it's heartbreaking. And uh, you know, again, in a movie that sort of understands so well, how it's, how you're going to feel mm-hmm. <laughs> at each moment. And then like, I don't know what the polite way to say it, but like milks that those dramatic moments for all they're worth, like gets squeezes every last drop of drama out of those moments. It's certainly doing that, you know, in,
3: in that scene for me,
1: uh, Derek, was it, is this how it happens in the book? Do you remember?
3: Yeah, because, um, Richard's character is uh, parallel to a character in Mrs. Dalloway, um, who is uh, a, a World War One vet who is coming back and experiencing a lot of, like, post-traumatic stress and a lot of other things that are compounding his, his own mental illness. And uh, that character winds up uh, killing himself by jumping out of a window. Mm. Um, so that's ah. what uh, Richard, Richard does here. Um and the I, I just gotta say the thing that like like hurts the most about his death for me is that they don't stop going back to the the past when he's a little boy after he dies. Like uh, there are still mm-hmm. scenes of, the, of him mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. little boy after we've watched him die. and that hurts a lot to watch. <laughs> um, it is is also kind of like paralleling what we've seen in the movie with what they did with Wolf, where we know already like where her story ends, and now we're going back to see this kid mm. and know and know where his story ends. Ooh, I like
0: that. I didn't I didn't yeah. think of that before you um shared that. Now thank you. Now I'm gonna now i think about that when I try to go to sleep.
3: Yeah, and, and <laughs> sleep is sleep will not. <laughs>
0: so Derek, as someone who, um, in, I think in the Twitter bio, but also just in the little, I, you know, we were in the same room once, I think we shook hands. Um, yes. I know you write stuff about sad kids. Yes, right? I do. So
3: <laughs> my wheelhouse.
0: yes. And, and, and <laughs> I've just, you know, while we're right here, I have thought about the the piece that you read many times. <laughs> since oh. um since thank going you. to your your master's well deal. That, that's
3: quite the thing to hear thank you um,
0: so so i i you know it's uh it's it's your wheelhouse to create it's my wheelhouse to consume um this seems right you know right in line with that as um is is this either in the film or the book on your list of of inspirations or or um you know what I mean? Like, is it one of the bricks in that built your house, or or not?
3: Oh no, absolutely! I am a huge Michael Cunningham fan. I have read um, all of his books, including his his first one, which is not terrific. Um, but uh, th- th- he is a, a, like a writer I I really admire um, and really like both both because of. Uh, the, the sadness of of his books, but also because I, f- I feel like and this is another thing I maybe wanted to ask you, you guys, um he he does a good job of of taking things like the the story of Virginia Woolf writing Mrs. Dalloway and making them very accessible mm. and kind of using them in a way that I I don't think you know shuts out people who have not read every word. Virginia Woolf has written and didn't you know study her in an in English <laughs> class in college. And I, I really love it because I love books and I love reading and I, I love people like Virginia Woolf. And I that's part of how I write is I like to talk about those things. And so knowing how to or trying to figure out how to do it in a way that kind of doesn't shut people out, but actually kind of like brings them in. Is, mm. is something I'm really interested in doing, and I think this is a great example of that. I I could be wrong if you if you feel differently. Do you do you feel <laughs> like you were shut out for not having read?
0: No, I think I had generally? some self, um, you know, like oh, I probably should be more familiar with this. Um, but what I what I liked in it is that the 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 ways hmm, both of the other stories referenced. Mrs. Dalloway but in very different ways so we have the kind of a little bit on the nose of that is what Richard has always called Clarissa or you know for a long time Um, yeah and and I feel like they all three stories talk about there's dialogue about that book and about what's happening in that book but never quite in the same way Um, Mm -hmm. and then and tell me if I've gotten it wrong. We see it in Laura Brown's hands a lot, but I don't think she talks about it or talks about it very much, no. which is right in line with what's going on. Cause no one in her life would say, Tell me about the book you're reading.
3: Absolutely. She talks about it once to Tony Collette.
0: Okay. In the, with um, the kitty stuff.
3: Cause she says, She says like, Oh, like, she, she kind of says it like, Oh, you're reading again, mm, Laura. Mm-hmm. She's silly. Okay, what, that. What, right, book is, right. what book is it this time? Because at the beginning
0: um, of that scene, I did not like Tony Collette.
3: Right, right, oh, right. No. But like when she's t- there's the great moment where like Tony Collette is looking at the book while Laura is explaining what it about, it's about. And she says, like Oh, it's about a hostess who's really confident. Hmm. But inside, she's like really sad. And Tony Collette just kind of slowly closes the book <laughs> and sets <laughs> it down because she doesn't want any part of that. <laughs> That's too real.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, to, to answer your yeah. question, I, I, would, uh, I would agree with you that it's not um, – yeah, it's, it's not – it doesn't make me feel, you know, dumb that I don't know more. But it sort of invites me to, um, to wonder and to kind of figure out this little book that seems to be about very little but is really about a lot that works well as it is described in the in the Cunningham or the film that this is a slice of life of these different people. And it's really, there's a lot going on, even though it's just one day. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Derek, how does this portrayal of Virginia Woolf fit with your, and maybe this came before you had thoughts about Virginia Woolf. So maybe you're imagined (sighs) Virginia Woolf is modeled in part on this performance in this movie. Yes. no Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um. (laughs) No, I, I'd say it, It fits fairly well. I I think like one one thing that gets like a a little bit left out and and this this could be just like you know the the point in in her life that they were choosing to talk about in this and obviously we can only do we only do one day based on the, like the structure of right. of this book. Um but there there is a a thread in the novel and in the movie that, you know, all three of these women are, are you know, are queer in some way, but Clarissa mm-hmm. is the only one who kind of gets to put that out there because of the time in which she lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this, this movie kind of downplays a little like the, the role that relationships with, with women played in Virginia Wolf's life. Um Hmm. because she she actually she she did have like you know long-standing sexual relationships with women. There was just a movie that I think I think came out or is coming out, um, called Vita and Virginia, that was about her her relationship with uh Vita Sackville West, Hmm. um which was a a very like important relationship for her. Um and so I think I think just because of like the, the, the needs of the movie and what this is trying to do, it kind of downplays that a little bit um i i i would imagine that like this portrayal of like leonard and virginia is very is very close in which i i imagine they were just like very good buddies Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. leonard probably like like deeply i think loved this woman and wanted to you know uh, keep her safe and do the best that he could for her um and i i think that come comes off really well so um. Yeah, I, I that, that those are my opinions on on the Virginia Wolf of this movie. Yeah,
1: so I have to jump in now to say, just as I look this up, this Vita and Virginia movie was written by the woman who played. I, I mean, she's mostly an actress, Eileen Adkins, who's wonderful. She plays the flower shop woman in the Meryl Streep section of this movie. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, and, wow. she, okay. and, she, and she also wrote the screenplay for. Uh, a 1997 um, Vanessa Redgrave version of Mrs. Dalloway that um, – uh, like a movie. movie so All right. she's deep in the yeah. – um, so
0: Maybe she uh, was general. sort of consulting with uh, this and got yeah, a, yeah. a cameo.
1: Yeah, totally. She's also in Paddington too, but th- that's um, <laughs> only the best film of the last I was going to say that's a year. different appreciation podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eisen, how did those portrayal of Virginia Woolf? How did how did Nicole Kidman? Um, how that land for you?
0: Uh, I, knowing very little, um, I assumed she was going for um, a a kind of um, an oddness, and what I mean by that is not f- feeling kind of in in the right place in time. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's because she's um, vocalizing externally some of the things that she's planning to write. Um, and so she's like, like the her sister says, um, you know, she's she's two people at once. She's here or she's in two places at once. She's here and she's also in her head. But that mm-hmm. um, wonder, I, I did sort of wonder, OK, what would it be like to then put her in 2001 or put her in? you know, later in the 20th century than, than she was. Um, Mm -hmm. So knowing very little, I felt like this is an, an odd sort of, you know, a little bit, I don't know if cliche is the right word, but like a little bit cliche tortured artist kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. it also, you know, fit for me. Um, I'm, I think if I had watched it closer to when it came out, I would have had more um, things to say about prosthetic noses. Because at the time that was, a, a, you know, was the thing. It was yeah, a thing people yeah. talked about. So I think you, some you would distance would not know
3: helpful. that she was Virginia Wolf without that nose. I feel like you'd be just very confused.
0: And and you would not know it was Nicole Kidman <laughs> unless you were told.
3: Exactly. Right, so that, yeah. right. I mean, then that right. leads me right.
0: to thinking of um, Jennifer Grey, star of Dirty Dancing, who
1: yes, you know, had
0: a had a nose job and it changed her face in such a way that people didn't recognize her and it. She had a lot of trouble getting cast in things right. like. Um, mm-hmm. So it just, you know, if I if I go down that rabbit hole, I'll just think about noses all day. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was a, a I thought she did a, a, a great job acting. But um, but it's hard when I don't have a clear picture in my head of what uh, it kind of um, attitudinally Virginia Wolf should be. What about you, Toby?
1: One of the things I really appreciate about this whole section is that uh, it, it is it does feel like a um, like a writer's movie. I think I said before. She, there's this moment very early on when she walks into her studio, her writing room, and she it's a shot of her pens, and she like her hand just sort of goes over the pen, like she's choosing her pen. What's that? What am I going to write with today? <laughs> like well, all the little superstitions, you know that like you have to the, you have to sort of jump through in order to, and then it's – Points where she gets interrupted by the cook, and yeah. you know, just as she's sort of composing a thing, and uh, there's all the all those sorts of jokes, just for, for that that are for or not jokes, but those little details that, that resonated for me, um, you know, as a, as a, a writer trying to trick myself into getting my work done today. <laughs> I do think that the beginning, it's a little, you know, it's a, knowing it's Nicole Kidman, it's a little distracting at first, the nose and the whole. You know, the, I know what you mean—the sort of tortured artist kind of thing. And but, boy, when it comes to the the two scenes, the one with the um, with Miranda Richardson where they have their kiss, and it's also witnessed by a kid, mm-hmm. the same as in the Julianne Moore mm-hmm. section. Um, and and then they have to sort of go their separate ways. And there's a great scene with the cooks where she sort of takes control of the of the kitchen and sends the cook out to London for the for Ginger for the kids. And then that great scene that we talked about before at the, the sort of the 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 centerpiece scene for her and Leonard at the train station by that by the time that scene comes along I am I'm not noticing the nose anymore I'm not noticing it's Nicole Kidman anymore she's just you know she's just playing this mm-hmm. character so beautifully and you know I remember at the time of the Oscars that year not having seen the movie I remember there was there was a lot of snark about oh the nose is winning <laughs> the Oscar it's not it's not Nicole Kidman. It's this, you know, the physical transformation and it's a pr- the prosthetic nose. Person should get the award. That's yeah, bullshit. Right? She is fucking good <laughs> in this movie. She she takes this. She's taken the weight on of a character that a lot of people have a lot of feelings about, that a lots known about, and she's sort of wearing this nose that it can't be easy to act through those kind of prosthetics, and it just disappears off mm-hmm. her in this movie. And I I'm I, that's a I don't know who else was up that year. But that's—I'm uh, glad she was recognized for this role because she's just really damn good in this movie. Oh yeah.
0: Um, are there other things about this storyline that um, we wanted to get out,
1: or have we sort of? I, I guess before we leave this, I would this maybe take this moment to ask Derek to recommend us where we start with Virginia Wolf and with oh, Michael Cunningham question. since he. Oh like what what are the what's what are the book for each of them that, that one should start with if one has if one's only
3: exposure <laughs> has been this movie that is a good question um well i, I mean obviously mrs Dalloway, we, we we have to read um i okay. i don't know that i would um have somebody like like start with with mrs Dalloway. it, it is it is mm-hmm. actually like a very kind of like it's it's a it's a small book but I, it's it's very, it's very thick and it's, it's very heady. Um, and uh-huh. like, like, like I, I have like trouble knowing what's going on sometimes. Um, and so I, I would recommend uh, to the lighthouse. Okay. Um, yeah. Which okay. I think is, is, is my favorite Virginia Woolf book. Um, it is doing a lot of the same, like things, the same kind of interiority and exploration of like multiple characters that Mrs. Dalloway is doing. But I think, I think it's, it's it's just a little bit more on you know the side of like of clarity, more accessible. Yeah, you know, able. Yeah, you know, I think I think you could read it like a tad easier. Um, and then for Michael Cunningham, um, I mean this this book is fantastic. It's one of my favorite books, um, and I you know it's yeah, like I said I think it's very accessible. Um, I would also recommend um, by Nightfall um which is a book of his that came out a couple years ago um and it, it also does many of the same things like there's like a lot of literary references um and you know artistic references but you're just following uh one character through throughout that book um, and so it does, doesn't get you know, quite as uh, as complicated but um those, yeah those would be what i would start with and then everything else because all they're all great
0: yeah that's awesome no thank you for the um recommendations i'll get right on it but first do y'all want to play a game
1: yes yeah yes yes yes
0: Um I did uh, I did say uh, that I would give credit where credit is due, so um, a student of mine, Kevin Maloney, helped me with research today for uh, this game. Now, awesome, as we've discussed, um, there is uh, heavy issues, uh, and there's a lot going on in this film. And so uh, to avoid that, I made a jokey game instead. <laughs> um so as Tobin (laughs) mentioned in um in the synopsis um we have to you know figure out how to how to live our lives with the hours we have left so this is a game about time i'm going to ask you each question um and you're going to tell me which um which has more hours which activity or which um, thing is has the greater number of hours attributed to it. Okay. Now if you guess the same, that's okay. I'll just ask you with prices right rules to give that number and then whoever wins it with the number gets the point. Sure. Are
2: okay. you ready? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. So which takes more hours? Getting to the moon via rocket ship or driving across the United States in a car?
3: Oh, oh! Interesting.
0: Like
1: with no stopping at rest stops and hotels overnight, um, like just driving
3: across. How many across? hours of driving? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Hours of travel. Yes. Okay. hours okay. of
0: travel in both cases. Yep.
3: Um, Ooh, well, I, I have my answer. Um, before before okay. I, I give it, I would just like to point out that I have I realized only now that you do not play the game music live which you are recording (laughs) no we do the dings live but the music i put in a little bit of a letdown for me not gonna gonna lie (laughs) um but i am i am going to say that it would take longer to drive across the continental united states than to fly to the moon this is good because I'm going to say fly
1: to the moon in honor of Ed Harris and Apollo 13.
0: <laughs> um, Tobin, you get the point. No. Yay! Now, do you want to play with bonus points if you can give me hours
1: close or do you want to just move? <laughs> yes, through? yes, okay. yes. So yes, let me. Yeah, okay, longer,
0: ahead, yeah. So for reference, um, afford, yes. and this is all according to internet research day of right so i right, mean great right, okay, yep. um so it the average uh was 48 hours of driving to drive across the united states um okay how how many hours would you guess it takes to get to the moon in a rocket ship without how that? close do i have
1: to get in order to get the bonus point
0: um i would say within 10 hours
1: okay okay i'm gonna say 80 hours
0: Okay, now just real quick, Derek. Um, do you uh, when when I said within ten hours, do you think we should continue with prices right rules, or just go with the within ten?
3: I think I think we continue with prices right rules. Okay, in that case, time. Tobin
0: does not get the extra point.
3: Um, yeah, see that's why. <laughs> oh man! See, uh, okay. But you were very right.
0: close, Tob. It says on um, it takes on average seventy two hours to get to the moon. I oh, oh, was
3: wow. within ten.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> Curses! Okay.
0: Which takes more hours over the course of a year—the um, number of hours Tobin works out in a year, or the number of hours—and this says Doctor Isla Addington. So I'm just going to say it: uh, the number of hours Doctor Isla Addington spends walking my beloved dog Toots McGruber over the course of a year, which <laughs> takes more hours.
3: Oh boy! I will. I will say that that toots takes takes more hours. Tobin, I'm going. I'm going to agree.
0: You are both correct.
1: Hey, hey!
0: All right. <laughs> um, to uh, help with a reference, um, based on my quick calculation, Tobin works out approximately 300 hours a year. Wow! Wow! Well. All right. Um, with four times a week and I put 60 to 90 minutes because sometimes I'm sure you work out yeah, more than 60 yep. minutes Sure. so, um, sure, sure, so sure. that's your 300 so um, it does take okay. it is more hours of walking Toots Magruber in a year um, <laughs> uh, who and this time because you're both guessing to see who gets the point oh, closest right. without going over knowing that Tobin is 300 hours this is more than 300 hours gosh I'm going to say,
1: let's see, uh, I'm going to say 400 hours.
0: All right. Derek? All
3: right. I'm going to say
0: 350 hours. Ooh. 450 is our. Oh. Right. Now, that's because, <laughs> so second point for Tobin. Good work, Tobin. Um, Thank you. That is because uh, it's approximately mm. an hour a day, but on the weekends, toots is unrelenting in his quest for oh. freedom and so that really pushes us <laughs> over um over the 400 mark there excellent all right
1: Thanks. so yeah that, it, it, just a quick clarification note the judge is asking so we get we don't get a point if we both guess the right answer we only get the bonus point or do we both get the bonus the, the point for guessing the right answer and then plus a bonus point well, i was point doing point just a
0: bonus point because otherwise okay. it's superfluous okay. points
1: got it sure. okay If
0: we all agree. We don't want that. We certainly don't
1: want superfluous points in this game.
0: Okay. Okay. Which... uh, Okay. This is a tough one. Okay. Which is more hours? The average amount of hours over a lifetime that we will spend on hold... (laughs) (laughs) Or... (laughs) the average number of hours we will spend a year bathing
1: oh boy and I, you're counting showering I'm, in this like is all kind of body cleansing yes.
3: in some way okay. <laughs> i'm going to say bathing i am i imagine the whole number has gone down in in recent years
1: oh that's a good point uh, so i'm going to say bathing i'm going to say whole just to be just to try to spice <clears throat> things up but i think you're probably
3: right
0: Derek is indeed correct.
3: Kapow. All right. Um, there we go.
0: In an average lifetime, we spend 13 hours on hold, which to me is very low because I've spent 13 hours on hold, uh, you know, in just Just one yeah. sitting, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I, I call a lot of doctors and insurance, so that, that keeps me.
1: I spent a lot of time in my 15 years in New York on hold with the cable company, Ooh, yeah, so I think go. that must – average differently so, yeah.
0: you know again send your complaints to my research department um <laughs> yes. so for average so derek for the for the bonus point if you'd like it um yes. how many hours a year do we spend bathing price is right no. rules
3: hours a year okay
0: within 10 we will give oh, you the point
3: oh boy and it, w- it was 13 for unhold yeah. it was 13 Okay. I have no. I'm. am going to say, one one hundred hours. That makes sense. Sure.
0: It d- it does make sense. It's not correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so sixty hours a year bathing. Well, that's still a lot. Well, yeah. What if
3: you're like really, really like cleanly and you you like to take your time? <laughs>
0: and you're messing with the average, that's, that's but okay. you're still not average.
1: Ah, point. Point taken.
0: Final question. Which uh, takes longer? The amount of hours uh, Tobin and I, um, on average, listen to podcasts a year versus <laughs> the amount of time Derek spends reading per year.
3: Oh. This
0: is for both of you. It just happened to use your names.
3: Okay. So it, it, it's how much you and Tobin listen to podcasts?
0: Sorry, no one of us, either of us, average. so one person's podcast, other person's reading. I just made it personal.
1: Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, because I listen to them. I
0: know you're. You're like Derek in the bathing. You're changing the average. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I podcast as Derek. (laughs)
0: So So which is
3: which shower?
0: Which Uh, is more (laughs) average, the Derek reading, or the average listener podcasts?
3: Mm,
0: I'm going to say
1: that Derek reads more hours than the average podcast listener listens to podcasts. I, I'm going to
3: say the opposite. I think podcasters listen to more but the podcasting is more is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say, Derek, that gives Tobin a, a third point.
3: Oh, Ooh. no.
0: Against oh. your one. Um,
1: Derek, you can come back on the show anytime. I never read <laughs> I
3: know That's what I feel. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> So
0: the the <laughs> average time so you know, we it says we, um, but you know, folks right now spend um two hundred and seventy hours a year listening to podcasts. Um mm. I don't know how I any of us um compare, but that's an average yeah. done by a research department. And um Derek, do you wanna estimate how many hours of reading?
3: What did, what did I say? Um <laughs> <laughs> i would have to have to be like close to like, like 400 right
0: i i mean i i would give you the bonus point um i said 500 okay Woo. um which would bring us to tobin has three points derek has two
1: mm-hmm. yep
2: yep but we were awesome
0: job there. reading Good.
1: Good game, yeah. yeah I, you were much thank clearly. You. Thank you. It's <laughs> very clean and very well. Clean well read. That's, that's, that's
0: me uh, I mean, really, what uh, what is there better to say about someone?
3: I, yeah. <laughs> thank you, guys.
0: <laughs> thank you both for playing very much. Um,
3: thank, thank you. Thank you. Was really the, game.
0: game of hours. this is the time where uh, we share our closing thoughts. Uh, we talk about this movie as progressive or regressive. Is the hours a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Derek, you have the most experience with this film um, and its source material. What say you?
3: I, I say this. Um, I, I've been thinking about this because, well, because I, I knew we were going to get asked this question. Um, and I, I think this is uh, this movie is a, a step forward. I don't think it's a like a giant step forward. Um, I think this what this movie does, you know, at its core is you know it it, it centers the lives of three women. Um, it talks about. You know, like small but like like important things in in their lives. It you know dramatizes those, um, and you know these are these are women who, like I said earlier, are all uh, queer in some way. You know, some of them either the characters or the actors playing them were like like of a certain age at the time um, that this was was being made, um, and just just the fact that it, it you know it centers those stories and you know makes like a like a big hollywood movie that one of you know that won a bunch of awards and was is is very very popular and very very good you i think proves or should prove that like a movie like this can work and that we as a, a viewing audience would like more of these movies please and i i think that's very important and also you know just like the the sheer number of women who are on screen in this movie is is very impressive. Like it's just there's just, there's just women everywhere. Um, <laughs> but you know, having having said all of that, you know, I think I, I think it's also true that this is a movie that you know is based on a book written by a man. the The screenplay was was by a man. It was directed by a man. Um, it, it also features. You know, I, I think I think it's worth pointing out that it it features. Queer characters who are not being played by uh, queer actors, um, and you know, t- you know, too. I, I don't think like, like like Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, and Julianne Moore w- were Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, and Julianne Moore when they made this movie. You know, it didn't like make any anybody's career give us somebody we we didn't really know. So I, I think it's a very important movie, and it's a movie I I love. A ton, and so I think it is, you know, a step forward, but not, not, not a giant leap. I guess if that makes, if that all makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tobin, how how do you compare and contrast?
1: I agree with all. I I, I sign on all the <laughs> uh, aforementioned remarks. I'd add only that um, this is a movie that I thought going into it was, I sort of always thought of as kind of Oscar bait. Um, as as maybe a little kind of middle brow Oscar bait, um, and n- less more interested in sort of, sort of showing off what you know <laughs> what Hollywood can do, as opposed to sort of being a movie that had as much. Sort of internal integrity, as I think it really does. I really enjoyed watching this movie. I think it was beautifully made. I ordered a, a used copy because that's all you can find of the published script, um, and I and I expect to read the novel at some point. Um, I I thought it was a, a, a beautiful movie, and um, beyond that, echo all of uh, all of Derek's thoughts. Isan, what about you?
0: Yeah, I um I I liked the way um Derek uh, gave it. You gave it um, credit for the things it did well but um but we're not going to go out of our you know bend over backwards to um you know uh, uh, applaud it in that is still the main forces behind it um were men and they did a great job but based on kind of our rubric here yeah I, absolutely I, I love that um that um women were the main um Thoughts and and words that we had um, from the characters in in all three storylines. Um, I appreciated their um, their fluidity in um, identity and expression. Um, but yep, there it's uh, you know uh, there are parts of that that are still then some kind of expected for this Oscar Beatty movie in quotes to echo to and so really I'm just putting the things you said into a blender and they're coming out less <laughs> articulate than when they went in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this, um, this is a very well acted and, and um, shows a complexity um, mm. within female characters that we don't always see, even in movies mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. female lead. So um, for that, I think it's a great um, study for, um, for us all. That's all I have to say.
1: Excellent. Speaking of, of complex female characters and getting some more women, uh, behind the camera, sort of driving the project. Next up, we are going to, uh, watch and discuss Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, come back and check in with us in two weeks on March 5th, uh, and join our, uh, or at least listen to our conversation, then join mm-hmm. us on Twitter to discuss, uh, Ridley Scott and Callie Curry's Thelma and Louise.
0: And if you see some, um, uh, a pre funk five star reviews on that. Don't worry, it's just our mother who's been waiting for us to do this movie <laughs> since we started this podcast.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, we'll have lots to say, uh, <laughs> to, to and about our mother as we talk about our experiences with them and Louise for sure.
3: Uh, Derek, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This has been
1: awesome. I hope you will come back. And um, would you can you tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can find your work, where can they read what you've written,
3: or maybe you don't want to be found. Uh, uh, but if you do, where can people reach out to you? No, I am totally fine being found. You can find me on the Twitter. Um, I am I am at Herrick Deckman, so just my <laughs> my initials reverse um and if you just google me um a lot of my my published stuff just kind of comes right up um along with a really bad picture of me from college um <laughs> if you want specifics you can find my writing in uh the collapse are embark journal the furious gazelle and wig leaf and all of those are online Excellent, awesome, and uh,
1: I can attest that what Derek writes is very, very good. Oh, uh, yes. so, so check it oh, out yes. and uh, and give it a read. Uh, Iceland, yes.
0: you have some news. I do, y'all. This was my last episode. No, I'm kidding. Um,
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding.
0: So, um, as usual, you can find me reluctantly um, on Twitter at sassy nerd MT. I'm not good at it, but I'm trying to get better. Um, and thank you, Tobin. <laughs> I would like to use this platform to officially um, announce that I have a short series podcast coming up.
1: Yay! Ooh.
0: My uh, my new uh, short series. Oh, even better!
1: Took a while to get the button pulled up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is called "Why Aren't We All Dot Dot Dot." Um. And in this short series, each episode, I have a conversation with um, uh, what I would consider an an expert, but um, someone that has a belief or um, a practice or a way of being that they think um, makes their life better and um, could hypothetically make the world a better place if we all joined them. So as an example, my first episode, which will um, drop on March 1st, is Why Aren't We All Vegan?, Ah. and I talked to someone who eats that sounds vegan. really wow.
3: interesting I, yeah well, excellent. Listen, Oh, wow. oh I have good. a listen
0: there um, <laughs> so um, that you can find Thank that me. on the Cage Club podcast network um, and it does have a Twitter that is um, so the initials of why aren't we all are Wawa uh, so it's <laughs> Wawa underscore pod um, look for it on March 1st
1: awesome awesome that's going uh, to be fun to hear. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Tobin Addington, and you can find us on Twitter at contunders underscore pod, or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who have joined at the marquee level or above. That's Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. Uh, become a member today, connect with other listeners, and support our show. Uh, also, we are one member away from a bonus mini pod. We have, we have set a goal of every time we get a, 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 a 10 more members, we are going to we'll release a special bonus mini pod to everybody. And our first bonus mini pod will be uh, a short discussion of Hope Floats with um, <laughs> previous special guest Joe Boliba, as promised. And we have nine active Patreon members right now. So join today for as little as a dollar a month, and uh, we will record and get, get to everyone our first first mini pod about, uh, about Hope Actually, the first mini pod, period. It will be about Hope Floats. <laughs> they, won't, they won't all be about Hope Floats. They might be about other things, too. Um, but that's, that's where we'll start. So uh, go join today at thecontenderspod.com.
0: We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me. And you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at cageclubpod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Aislinn Addington.
1: I'm Derek Heckman. I'm Tobin Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders.
0: Tobin, you and I spend 200. Nope, damn it. I said the answer. Oh no, God! Oh, no. we'll forget
2: it. We'll forget <laughs> it really can, you,
0: can you edit that out? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yep. Let me start again. Final question.